You're listening to a Bucks Plus audio production on the Bucks Plus Network. The biggest voices in the locker room, in the front office, and in the NBA. On courtside tonight, it's Dame time. Our guest, Bucks star Damian Lillard. Like, I got there and they was like, you know, this is for you. And I was like, man, this, this is what happens when, you know, when dudes get traded. This is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Deputy Commissioner and Chief Operating Officer of the NBA, Mark Tatum. Well, look, the Bucks are a championship-level team. There's no doubt about that. Your all-access pass to Milwaukee's team. Our guest, Bucks General Manager John Horst. You want to see improvement. You know, I think you should expect to see improvement. We should see a better form of basketball. Now, here's your host, Gail Klappa. Hello, everyone. I'm Gail Klappa, and this is Courtside with the Milwaukee Bucks. The dunks, the trick shots, the all-star celebration is in the rearview mirror. Come Friday, the Bucks will be back from the break. The stretch run kicks into high gear. For the Bucks and head coach Doc Rivers, it's crunch time. The team went 3-7 and seven in their last 10 tries. But 26 games are left to play in the regular season. There's time to gel. Time for the Bucks to show their championship caliber. Tonight, we sit down with a guy who follows every twist, every turn, every thriller, and every heartbreak, home and away. Our guest is the play-by-play voice of the Bucks, Dave Kane. Dave, welcome back to Courtside. Great to spend some time with you. Glenn, thanks for having me on. It's been a while. I was actually thinking about the last time I joined you. I think it was about the time I got the job very early in the tenure. We've seen some things between then and now. Uh, we sure have, Dave. And welcome back. Good to be visiting with you. And before we dive in, Dave, to the challenges ahead for the Bucks, it was really fun to see Damian Lillard bring home a whole bunch of hardware from All-Star Weekend. Yeah, wasn't that fun to watch? I mean, it, it, again, it kind of wets the palate a little bit, right? It, you see what this guy is capable of. And, you know, it, as we talk about the Bucks, and I know we'll get into this probably a little bit more here, but moving forward, I, I it seems almost strange to say that Damian Lillard would be an X factor, but I kind of feel like he is just because, you know, the numbers he's put up have been good, but you know there's more there. And, and you got a little bit of a taste of it just watching him do his thing and I don't know if rhythm can come out of something like that, but he is such a rhythm player. And I, I really would love to see that translate over to, to his time with, with Milwaukee here over this stretch run. But, you know, it, there's just so much that goes into adjusting. I'm sure you've talked about it on the show a number of times with Damian Lillard and his new locale. But uh, one thing he's used to, and that's the stage. And we got to see it again this weekend. That was awesome. Uh, we sure did. Uh, from your vantage point, Dave, how do you think he's fitting in with the Bucks? Obviously, a transition after 11 years in Portland. Uh, what's your sense? Yeah, you know, I, I think that change is challenging. And, and one of the things that people forget, and, it, you know, we see these players and all the accomplishments that they've done. Sometimes we build them into larger than life. But when you work in this business, you learn pretty quickly that as good as these guys are at what they do and as talented as they are, and you, you, you watch them on TV, you listen to them on the radio, whatever it is, however you consume it, you, you hear these larger-than-life moments, you see these larger-than-life moments, Dane pointing at his watch, you think there's nothing that can stop him. But when you get to be around him, you realize they're just human beings like all of us. Yes, they're much more talented <laughs> in playing basketball than all of us, but they are human beings. And sometimes when you go to a new place, look, I went through it myself to some degree, you know, a couple of years ago, leaving a place that I was familiar with. It does take time to, to fit into a new environment and all these new faces around you. 
especially when you've been somewhere for as long a time as, as Damian Lillard was. I mean, when you talk about Dame being there for 11 years, that's all he knew. And he was very much entrenched in that community as he's become here too. But uh, it, it does take some time. And then, and obviously the thing that we've all talked about all season is that challenge that comes with playing a different style. And for Damian Lillard, that means playing off the ball more. He, he hasn't, he's been so used to having that ball in his hands and that's how he creates his shots when he's got Giannis next to him, and he knew when he got here that this was going to be different, but I don't think he quite realized what that challenge was going to be like in terms of him finding his flow. And he's found it at times. At others, he's kind of lost it. But, you know, shooting about 34% from three, his his numbers can be higher. I mean, you take a couple ticks higher with the volume of what he shoots from three-point range, it makes a major difference. If Damian Lillard is hitting, it's a problem for opponents. I think the numbers, I think the Bucks are 25 and three when he hits 25 points or more. And it just goes to, to show when he's locked in, this team is a real handful. Uh, Giannis has been there pretty much night in, night out. I think he's having one of his best seasons of his career. But for Dame, finding his rhythm to go alongside him and, and working and gelling with this team is is sort of the next piece of the puzzle. But But one thing I will say is I don't worry about selfishness with this group and I think that's a huge piece when you have superstars it's not as though these guys need to get theirs I think that the the dynamic that unites these guys is the fact that they want to win Giannis wants to win as fiercely as just about anybody I have ever encountered in my career Damian Lillard that's the reason he's here he wants to win he wants that one thing that has eluded him his whole career a chance to play for a ring and he's got that here but obviously there's a lot of good teams in the NBA right now, and they got to find their rhythm. And But, again, the, the stretch run is ahead. This is when the pedal hits the metal. This is when it really starts to matter, and I think they're in a position to find that place. But there's nothing given in this league, as we've learned the last couple times out for the Bucks against shorthanded teams. Even the shorthanded teams are dangerous. There are just too many talented players in this league to not be at your best. Someone will knock you off. Oh, that's for sure. And Dave, as you well know, the Bucks made a midseason coaching change. Doc Rivers now on the scene. From your vantage point, how has the focus changed in the early going with Doc? Doc is is unique a coach as I've worked with in the sense that I, I really can't remember seeing a coach who on two levels, obviously as a member of the media, I, I have a different view than most people, but like the fact that he understands media to the degree that he does his ability to communicate what he's thinking in a succinct manner and, and really kind of have a, a real grasp of what that messaging is like. I, I, to me, it's the most impressive of any coach I've worked with in 20-plus in years doing this. But obviously, I'm not. That, that's no revelation for a guy who was on ABC's number one broadcast team uh, before he took this job with the Bucks. But the other part of it, though, and th- this is the part that I'd heard so much about, his ability to get through to players. And, and I see it, I saw it right from the start. He has this, I don't even know how to describe it, this ability to in some ways almost disarm, yet get a message through in a way that's relatable to players. Uh, I just think he's got this level of charisma and a level of confidence. And of course, he's got the, his, the, the cachet of experience that you almost have to accept and, and respect if you're a player. I just think he's got gravitas. And you know, now how that ultimately plays out with this group, I, I don't envy the challenge he has to parachute in when he did in the, in the middle of any season. But this season in particular, as he joked about, I, I don't know why I accepted this going into this stretch that they were going into. I mean, that road stretch was that was 
basically designed by the devil himself. I mean, you, you start in Denver <laughs> against the defending champs, then you go to Portland, and then you go for some reason down to Dallas. The next night you go to Utah, and then you oh, finish it off with another high-octane team in Phoenix on the road a couple of days later. That, that'll wear anybody down. But so, so I think it was a really grueling stretch to go through to start, and so that's where you try to get your legs in that stretch. That's no easy feat. And I really liked the way they played even through that. I, you know, it's funny. There's, you often hear the eye test. I really thought they passed the eye test, even in losing some of those games. I just liked some of the change, and I liked the energy that they brought. Now, the last two games were the ones that were head-scratchers, and, and I think those are the right. ones that you have to think about in the All-Star break. It kind of sit like a, a bitter taste in your mouth going into the All-Star week, but in some ways that can be motivating too. So they're going to have to figure that out. There's obviously work to be done for this group, but um, the good news is there's time to do it, and as we've seen, a, a number one seed does not necessarily equate – to a championship. In fact, it's been quite to the contrary, and it's the Bucks currently sitting in third place. We all know how it ended the last time they were sitting third. Dave, the Bucks are clearly a better team when Chris Middleton is playing regular minutes. As you know, his time on the floor ramped up over the first half of the season, but then a sprained ankle before the All-Star break. What's your guess on when Chris will return? Oh, man, you're going to ask me to put my MD hat on. My, my, I, I, unlike the, the previous coach, do not have a doctor in front of my name, but I, I, would, I would hope it would be hopefully sometime you know, pretty quick after the break is through. I, now, I don't have any inside information on that, but that's my hope. And you know, I think the fact that he did get that all-star break, obviously, as part of his recovery time, was a real gift because you, you can sit an extra week without having to miss any time on the court. So. You know, we'll see. Hopefully he's able to get out there sooner rather than later. I, I, I would think with an, you know, th- one of the things, and again, with ankles, you never know, but he came down on a Kevin Durant's foot when he came down, and, and you can see he was in pain right away. But if you remember, he actually kept playing in that game even. So I, yeah. I, I have to hope it's not an extreme ankle sprain. I haven't gotten any indication that it is. So I, I would suspect it'll be sooner rather than later. But again, I, I don't pretend to have any answers uh we, we'd have to get to the medical team to answer that one officially well fingers crossed and at the trade deadline the bucks brought in patrick beverly a veteran with defensive skills uh, dave do you think pat bev is the 2024 version of pj tucker yeah it's kind of funny those two the, the storylines definitely align same age when they both got to to the bucks in fact we're going to get even more mileage out of pat bev than the Bucks got out of P.J. Tucker that year because he, he was dealing with some injury stuff, too. But, man, he clicked, and he was the right guy at the right time. That's the hope. Um, obviously, different positions, but this is the position of need for the Bucks right now. They, they need someone to defend that point of attack, and, and I think he's got some ability to do that. I think it was a great addition given what the Bucks were dealing with in terms of limitations, in terms of what they were able to potentially trade. I thought John did a great job bringing him in as a guy that, you know, obviously has some degree of comfort and history, having worked with Doc Rivers before, played in his systems before. Those two know each other's capabilities, their their shortcomings, and all those types of things and how to navigate those waters together. So I, I like it. And, you know, the other thing I liked about him, I thought, much like P.J. Tucker, he, he brings a level of energy to the court and to the locker room and maybe even a little bit of, of accountability. Um, but he's not going to let people get away with things. Now, uh, obviously, he's got that history of, of uh, you know, getting under some people's skins, even teammates at times. So that's, but, but again, that's where Doc Rivers comes in. He says he knows, he, he said it as many ways. He said, this guy, I've, I've seen him push that envelope a little bit too far, and I know how to, when to bring him back, and I can talk to him about that. Again, that's the strength of Doc Rivers. I do think he has that ability 
to manage egos and manage some of these veteran players in this locker room that he's dealing with. But, um, yeah, I like the addition of Pat Bev, and, you know, we'll see. To me, it was always interesting, too, for a guy who's on his fifth team in, in three seasons one of his signature components that he brings to any team that, that he joins is that ability to – he's the guy you hate on the other team, but you love to have on your team. And Damian Lillard has experienced the other end of that. Those two guys going at it when they were both in the Western Conference. At one point, Pat Bev you know, had even said, look, because of Damian Lillard, I need to raise my game to be able to defend this guy. And now those guys, after all the battles they've had – and. Look, they've had some words with each other through the years, but now you're in the same locker room. But again, it's it's all galvanized by that, what we were talking about early in our conversation tonight, that idea that you have a common interest. It's about winning. And that can unite all ships, I think. And I think that's, the again, the strength of this team. I, I do think that this is a locker room that has that veteran uh, mentality. I don't think it's selfish players. So we'll see. But uh, I, I think he's a great addition to this group. And uh, obviously his defense is, is the first thing you talk about with this group that's had some problems on that outside de- defending guards. Right, exactly. And Dave, speaking of the roster, the Bucks, as we speak, have one open roster spot. Of course, around the league, rumors are flying that John Horse, the GM, is looking for a big, a center that could provide rim protection when Brooke Lopez is off the floor. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, rim protection, scoring, whatever it is. Somebody who can step in there, and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of rumors about who that guy is going to be, although so we'll just have to leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, someone who's got some experience. And, and if anything, just, look, when when you get into a point in the game where you need to rest somebody, um, yeah, rim protection or otherwise, I think just another big body who can fill some of those uh, needs that the Bucks have. I mean, and there's so many different ways that you can play as a big in the game today. Stepping out, shooting threes. You know, I mean, we, we've seen that. Brooke Lopez is so good at that. That changes spacing up for a defense, too. So you can't undersell the importance of having someone who can do that because that's kind of part of the the special sauce that the Bucks have been able to use offensively to, to get that spacing where they want it to be, to open things up for Giannis to be able to drive. When you're pulling guys away from the rim as a big man, you have to respect it. And, and it does change the way your ability to to clog up that lane the way otherwise than you would otherwise. And Dave, Brooke Lopez at age 35, as you mentioned, still playing at a very high level for the Bucks. As you travel the NBA, have you seen a shot blocker anywhere near the caliber of Brooke Lopez? Well, he's so unique the way he goes about it. Um, I, I think there are some good ones out there. Jaron Jackson Jr., when he was able to play with the Grizzlies, when they had a little bit more around him, was, was quite a force down there. And then uh, you know, Victor Wembanyama, he, he's unique. That dude's just built a little bit different, obviously, as we've seen with that long reach. I mean, the guy has a wingspan over eight feet, which is just insane. But um, so he's obviously spectacular in his ability to defend the rim. But one of the things I love about Brooke is Brooke's ability, whether he has the ball in his hand or as a defender, he, he, and you hear it all the time, such a smart player. What does that mean? Well, it's just his ability when he is beat off the dribble, his ability to know how to play angles and recover in block shots. And then also when to bite, when to stay down, all those things. It's just the stuff that only what 15 years of experience can teach you. And also a, a really high basketball acumen. And, and that's what he, he brings and always has. But I just love the way he's been able to evolve his game over, over the course of his time in the league. In fact, there's a statistic that he joined this season Rasheed Wallace is the only guys, and I don't have the number in front of me. See, this is the problem when a broadcaster doesn't have a spotting board. It's kind of like taking away their superpower, but I don't have my spotting board with all my numbers in front of it. But he and Rasheed Wallace are the only two that have posted 
actually, I think it was, uh, it was, it was, I want to say it was over a hundred block shots and a hundred threes or something of that nature in, it was like five or six consecutive years. And so, you know, I mentioned it to Brooke when it happened and it was about a month or two ago. And he said, you know, I always was a big sheed fan. I said, so what does that mean to you? And he says, yeah, that ability to do multiple things. It, it is special. And, you know, Rashid Wallace was a real problem for a lot of teams for a lot of years. And Brooke Lopez has been, too. His ability to to really get in the way and disrupt things for opponents, um, it, it's it's been fun to watch. But, yeah, he's, he's special. Um, just his ability to, to really know opponents, know their tendencies, that's such a big part of it. And then just to have that, that, that sense where you, you know when you're able to to recover and and how to block shots without fouling and, and here's the number he, he's combined to make at least 75 threes with 100 or more block shots for the sixth time in his career Rasheed Wallace is the only other one who's ever done that in NBA history so pretty pretty unique individual that's pretty amazing and Dave so far under Doc Rivers we're seeing more meaningful minutes from one of our young sharpshooters AJ Green yeah, uh, AJ's obviously captured the attention of Doc Rivers. Um, he's someone who's been playing more since since Doc has taken over the, the reins as head coach. And Doc is one of these coaches, too, that is not one who's just going to give minutes to younger players. But AJ, a guy in his second season who's been around. Again, he's a coach's son, uh, and, and he knows what he's there to do. And, and that's to shoot the basketball is one of the reasons when he when he was growing up. His dad knew this is this is how you're going to make it in 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 basketball at the highest levels. Is you've got to have a high release and a quick release, and he's just got such a pure stroke. And from the minute he set foot in Milwaukee a year ago, I remember talking to him as a as a rookie. He was a two way guy, you know. Nobody really knew who the heck AJ Green was when he got here. And they know who he is now, and obviously that 27 point performance had the fans ooing and aahing when he hit seven and nine threes in that contest in an otherwise tough night uh, a couple weeks ago. But he had his career high in that game and showed you what he's capable of. But yeah, he, he said when he first got here, he said, I, "I know what I'm here to do, and that's to let it fly, and I'm not going to hesitate." And and that mentality is what he's got to bring to this team. He's not going to hit them all the time, you know. Look, you're a three point shooter; you're going to have some down nights. But one thing you can't have is uh, remorse, and, and you have to bring that short memory. I think he's really good at that, um, and he is fearless with that shot. But, you know, when, when things go cold, sometimes to be able to bring someone like that off the bench is really important. And then the other part of it is when he got here, people said, well, how's he going to play? Is his defense going to be able to hold up? Well, he, he's gotten better defensively. He, he Look, he's not a lockdown guard like we're talking about this guy at the point of attack is going to shut you down but I think he if he can get himself to a position where he can be respectable out there defensively and, and knock some of those shots down in critical moments you got a spot in this league and, and I think he does I, I love what Marcus Johnson's been calling him the dairy bird <laughs> that's great because it, it, he is he's got a little bit of Larry Bird like tendencies to him but uh, AJ automatic he's kind of imminently uh, nicknameable but yeah, it'll be fun to see how he progresses. I like the fact that he got signed to a multi-year deal, and, and obviously uh, Mr. John Horst saw what he liked, saw, saw enough to say that he liked this guy to, to keep him around. So obviously Doc Rivers has liked what he's seen so far too. Dave, you're in your third season now as the play-by-play voice of the Bucks. Just curious, what's your favorite memory so far? Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, you always remember the most recent stuff. So I'll just say my favorite memory this year is, is the first thing that pops into my head was obviously the Dame time moment. I mean, we'd heard about yes. it so much. And then against Sacramento, 
Another thing I loved about that that win for the Bucks was the fact that that was the second of a back-to-back. And you, you were just thinking, oh, what do they have left in the tank? They're toast. You know, they, they come from behind to take the lead. Then that lead got away. And next thing you know, you're going to overtime. And Sacramento makes some plays late to send it to overtime. And then Sacramento goes ahead by, I think it was like six points. And then for the Bucks to show the resolve and some timely shooting in the last 90 seconds or so of that game to cut it down again to get into even a position to potentially even tie or win that game was just ridiculous. But for, for what to transpire after that with Dame getting that ball, taking it with five seconds left in overtime and getting it into the front court and then firing off that half-balance shot, those are those moments you just kind of pinch yourself. I mean, that, that, was, that was exceptional. And, and then the other one I, I, that jumps into my mind as you say that, you say, what's your favorite moment? See, this is, uh, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to answer that with one, but like Giannis, when he tied Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for scoring or passed Kareem's scoring record, that was, if you remember, in Brooklyn. And it was a three-pointer to send it to overtime. Yes. I mean, of all the yes. shots in the world for him to do that. And it was, I think he had about 46 points in that game. You know, I, it was one of those things where you go in. I, was, I hadn't even really thought truly about the fact that he could, he could do that in that game. And then, like, I remember thinking about, like, a couple hours before the game, I said, you know, Giannis could do that tonight, knowing this guy. And sure enough, he does it, and he does it in style. But just the chance to watch that guy go. Those are those moments where you're just like, you just know you're watching greatness that, that has not really been on display at any point the way he puts it on display in this league before. He's just so superhuman. Um, it, it's, it's amazing to watch that guy's drive. And, and yeah, th- th- those would be the two moments. So what a, what a crowning achievement for Giannis to be able to pass the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the leading scorer in Bucks history on that shot to send that game to OT. And, of course, they won it in overtime in Brooklyn. Amazing. A day before coming to Milwaukee, uh, you spent 13 years, I believe, covering college football and basketball in Virginia. In a quick thought or two, what's the biggest adjustment you had to make moving from college to the pros? Hmm. Um, well, I'll tell you, I think one of the things that so I come from the University of Virginia, who was coached by a Wisconsin guy, Tony Bennett, who, whose family name is uh, among the legends in the Dairy State for sure, with Dick Bennett, uh, you know, having coached the University of Wisconsin, Tony playing at Wisconsin Green Bay. And, you know, that style of basketball, though, it was so different from the style that Mike Budenholzer was employing and that the NBA in general employs. I used to joke around. So Coach Bud had the, the greatest respect for Tony Bennett, but you know, at times he'd say, I can't watch it because they had such different <laughs> styles, you know, and, and, and Bud had, had Bud's dad was a coach too. And, you know, he had this yes. up and down style of basketball, you know, that he had brought and he kind of instilled on, on, on coach Budenholzer. And so, you know, we, we would kind of joke about that, but that, that was a little bit of a transition to, to me. But one of the advantages I had with being in the ACC was I had seen so many of these guys through the years coming up the ranks. So I, I, I didn't have that as quite as steep a learning curve, getting to know the league. And I'd been a fan of the league, too. Um, so I've been watching games for a number of years, too. But you're never quite as in it until you're doing it. And, and then the other thing I'll say is the volume of games. I think that, right. that was probably, more than anything else, the biggest adjustment. I mean, you don't realize what a load it is on these guys until you experience it. 82 games, it is a steady, relentless drumbeat. And you have to have... Uh, a rhythm you have to have 
your uh, routines that you establish. And that, that took some time, too, in, in learning the new resources that were available, different things that were important. That was an adjustment. I think the preparation was that was probably the biggest adjustment because ultimately the game's the game. It's faster, but you know, I could, I, I never felt like I couldn't keep up, but it was a little bit of an adjustment. But I think the biggest thing was the sheer volume of games and the volume of information. What's important. What's not, how much is the right amount of preparation to do? How much is too much? Yeah. Fascinating. And Dave, as we wrap up this conversation, give us your gut feel about how the bucks will finish the season and compete in the playoffs. Well, I, I never say I am I'm a true optimist, but what I am is I'm very hopeful, and I'm also pragmatic. And I look at this roster, and I think pragmatically speaking, they have all the horses that you need to go as high as you possibly want to go. I mean, the, really, the, the sky is the limit. This team can absolutely win a title. There is no doubt in my mind. Um, it is the farthest thing from, a, from a, a done deal that you could have because there's a lot of good teams in the, con- in the Eastern Conference and really the NBA, but – it's going to be it's going to be a real battle for whoever comes out of this thing um, in the Eastern Conference. I, I think you know as I, I once talked with John Horst about this, and and it's the same thing at every level you're at. And I don't think fans truly understand this, but if you're a college coach, you're a, an NBA coach, a high school coach, whatever it is, you're putting a team together as a general manager. All you can do if you are a winner, if you have a shot. Every time the playoffs start, whatever the playoff format looks like in your league, your conference, whatever it is, if you got a shot to win it, you're doing the right you're doing the right things. And I think this team absolutely has a shot to win it. Um, but you know, there's you got to get lucky. You have to be lucky. You have to be playing the best at the end of the season. And that's the thing I think the Bucks have a real opportunity with, with Doc Rivers coming in when he did. You knew it was going to be a little bit of a challenge getting out of the gate. He's learning terminology, everything that goes with it, personnel. There's so much to learn and to sync up. But I think with the runway you still have, I think, what is it, 26 games left, that's a great amount of time to try to get to find your stride. So I think the Bucks, yeah, very much have a chance to win this whole thing. I, I really believe that people on the outside who are looking at the national level, I kind of like the fact that people are doubting them in some ways. I think that can serve – as a as a weapon and i think this team and a lot of teams are like this when you got a little chip on your shoulder i think it's a heck of a lot easier to play than if everybody's saying if this team loses what in the world you know i i just i don't know i I think this team is equipped with the personnel and i think they've got the the hardened uh battle-tested players that have been there and but you're going to have to get lucky guys are going to have to be healthy you're going to hope to get the right matchups and sometimes you run into a supernova. We saw it last year against Miami. Jimmy Butler was a supernova. And you just hope that the supernova this time comes from your side. And that's where I say it. That X factor we started out with, Damian Lillard has a chance to be that to somebody else. And obviously, we all know what Giannis brings. Well, Dave, best of luck to you as you chronicle the remainder of the season and hopefully a long run of the playoffs. You've been listening to a Bucks Plus audio production.